Bet you can't play that on your uh on my cello. On your cello. Well, I sure can't. Don't have a cello. Mm-hmm. Case in point. I'm not gonna I'm I can't ever compete with Yo Yo Ma. When's the last time you played your violin? When's the last time you whipped out your, your bio? Uh long time. Welcome to Footy Fellows. Welcome to Footy Fellows. Thank you. Welcome to Footy Fellows, coming at you from Chicago and Minnesota. We're going to be talking soccer, talking life, playing games, playing mind games. We got a little something for you. If you haven't yet, throw us a follow on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Footy Fellas Pod, F O O T Y Fellas Pod. On YouTube, a subscribe at Footy Fellas Pod. We're talking sports, and specifically, we're going to get into some sports nutrition and fitness a little bit this episode, which we're excited to chat about. And we're excited to get into it also because we have a timely interview coming up next week with a very informed and interesting viewpoint on the topic so we'll leave that a surprise but something to look forward to we're going to share some of our own experiences today and bring in some examples from the world of sports so we're excited to chat a bit more about that first of all how are we doing lads doing great fantastic actually mnufc dominating in the mls cup playoffs so can you give us one of their one of their chants i see mm-hmm Minnesota black and blue. Minnesota black and blue. Minnesota black and blue. <laughs> I was just going to get into it. I thought we were going to get a resounding choral feel like we we're at the stadium. Uh, Yeah, dude. I didn't hear Jones say anything, so I stopped. I was the away fans. So. Oh, okay. Good job. <laughs> you're, you're being the silent away fans. <laughs> yeah, I was I was from uh, Salt Lake City. Do you guys want to hear our away chant? Sure. Maybe. Do we? <laughs> I guess. Let's hear Sporting KC's away chant. Salt Lake City or, or Sporting KC? You Sporting, want Sporting KC. Oh, because oh, yeah. of that, because of the relevance. I see what you're doing here. Sporting yeah. KC? All right. <clears throat> Ave Maria. It's almost... It's almost... <laughs> you interrupted. I'm sorry. sorry. That was you want to do it again? I can edit that one yeah, out if you want to just do yeah. it again. Sorry. One more time. Thank you. No, nah, it was the first time was the best. I <laughs> yeah. All right, I guess we'll just scrap the whole Jeez, thing. My yeah. microphone is uh, melting a little bit. It's <laughs> fire. Well, sorry to hit that frequency, guys. Um, how am I doing, though? I think is the follow-up to everybody's question. I actually wanted to stick on the Minnesota for a second, <laughs> but yeah, no, go ahead. <laughs> well, here's what I, how I'm feeling. I'm feeling excited about Minnesota United FC, um, a team who is playing in their first ever conference finals tomorrow um being probably the biggest loons fan in i don't know all of the midwest um i take a lot of pride in them in my loons and uh am looking forward to seeing them spank some sporting kc uh, booty butt seattle booty butt uh why 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 did we do sporting kc then they just beat them we just beat them oh okay 
biggest fan. But 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 huge huge Looney Tune over here. That being said, absolute Looney Tune. Yeah, classic. They call me the Bugs Bunny of the team because I'm I'm so I'm so loved. I'm so bouncy. I would say what what up, doctor. <laughs> I, I have one gripe with the MLS scheduling. Not the previous games. Those were fine. The game today, as we're recording on Sunday, December 6th, there was a game this afternoon, which I, to be honest, did not catch much of. And it was one of the semi It was one of the conference finals games between Columbus and New England. Columbus ended up winning 1-0, so they're headed to the MLS Cup, which is pretty exciting for them and all their fans. And we'll see whether they face Seattle or... Minnesota FC, black and blue, black and blue, black and blue, black and blue, black and blue. Big fans over here. I see if you wanted to chime in next time. We're pretty big fans. <laughs> and okay. the problem with the game, <laughs> the problem with the game today was it was at two o'clock Central Time, and not only was there a Liverpool Wolves game, an EPL game, of course for the the big MLS fans. This is a conference finals. It's very exciting, but it's also NFL. Sunday mm-hmm. and it's right in the middle of all those early slate of games for NFL Sunday I'm curious what their thought process was whether they could factor that, that in whether they had any flexibility as to making this a night game when right. it's when it would hit the U.S. markets when all overseas sports are done so right well that's I imagine that's probably what they were they were probably trying to corner the um the European market for MLS fans um, and that's probably why they they put it because they know if you look at if you're looking at TV ratings, all right. I, I don't have any stats to back this up. It's just known. Um, MLS actually gets the largest supporters from uh, or viewership from uh, South Asian countries, um, primarily Vietnam, Cambodia, Cam- Cambodia, and Cambodia and Laos. Um, Thailand's a little iffy. They're still kind of branching out there. So. You know, time-wise, yes, in the U.S., I agree, doesn't make a lot of sense. But MLS is expanding into that territory. So that's the only logic I can apply. Wow, None of I, was I had oh, okay, that's what I was <laughs> gonna say. Is that real? Nope, none of that. You yeah, I completely agree. That pretty was, bizarre was... on a on a Sunday for the MLS in the afternoon. Do you have a, Do you have a solve for it? Do you have any thoughts? I realize when saying it, obviously you have NFL at night too, so maybe it's a five o'clock game. And yes, you could lose some of the actual overseas markets, uh, potentially, you know, in the middle of Europe where it's six hours later, where then it's starting at 11. But the game tomorrow night is at 8.30 p.m. So obviously it's not too, too important to them. It's more just, you know, maybe it it works with TV schedules and other stuff we're not thinking about. But it was interesting because I wanted to catch some of that game and partially on me, ended up not catching it. I will watch the highlights later. We were watching Tottenham Arsenal and Tottenham thoroughly dispose of arsenal today they looked very good yeah that wasn't <clears throat> it was uh it was it's kind of what we've we've come to expect from a Mourinho side and, and it's and sitting back defensive shape everyone's behind the ball allowing teams to cross it in as much as they want um and then just with a very very lethal counterattack, um punishing um arsenal with the very few shots that they had I think you and I were talking about this, Eli. We only could remember those two shots on goal, and they were both absolute. Well, first was absolute banger, second was just quality. But nonetheless, eerily similar to a Leicester side that uh, that pulled out that championship um, back in what 2016, um, smash and grab kind of gameplay. Curious to see how they uh, they they go through the rest of this winter. I thought you also brought a good point 
Eli that if they can manage to potentially win out the rest of their games through the end of this first half of the Premier League, they could be sitting very pretty going into the second half. Yeah, I think they, they're definitely, they've hit their stride. They're looking good. They found a rhythm that is working for their team, which is scary if you're a fan of, you know, another Premier League team, whether it be Man United or, or Liverpool. Actually, Liverpool hosts Tottenham, I believe, in their, their next home game. So something to look forward to. It, it I, I've been wondering how our front three, four, however we stack up, us being Liverpool against the Tottenham defense, how that's going to work and look. And I think, I really think with Tottenham's defense, you, you got to beat them with these quick give and goes. It's got to be quick one, two touch over the top. It's tough. They're good in the air. Um, so uh, definitely going to be an exciting game. Agree with that take. I see they, they are fine giving up a lot of space on the wings and letting you just cross in ball after ball, especially once they're up and they can just sit in really heavily and they're strong in the air defensively, like you said. So that's not necessarily the way to get through them unless you can get on the board first and make them change up their shape a little bit. That's as good as a transition as any Yep. into our last week today where Jones is going to hit us with soccer news from around the world. All right, everybody, tune in. Uh, Tony, if you could just yeah put some lo-fi beats on, I appreciate that. Thanks, man. Uh, so last week today, uh, we're just going to run through some big headlines from the footy world. Um, in the MLS, as you guys have heard in our intro, uh, of course, we have the conference finals uh, where Columbus just beat New England today, 1-0. And we have Big Bad Seattle versus our MNUFC. Black and blue, black and blue, black and blue, black and blue. Um, wow, I always get a little sweaty whenever I hear the loons brought up i'm not gonna say i'm not gonna say that team anymore um then we move on to the premier league where the big six start to cement their grip on the top six positions you got city handing fulham yet another loss and man united pulling out another comeback win this time against west ham chelsea outpaced leads and yes pulisic more like pulisic dude gets a gets on the board um tottenham is victorious over arsenal we just talked about it and liverpool well they're just doing liverpool things four over wolves so top six now sits at tottenham liverpool chelsea leicester city in that order arsenal way down in 15 uh in the bundesliga you've got bayern in first leverkusen second leipzig third dortmund in fourth uh via a geo reina goal this week Please remember, Americans are still scoring. And in fifth, you got Wolfsburg. Syria, uh, you got AC Milan with a game in hand, still top of the table, followed by Inter, Napoli, Juventus, where thanks to Weston McKinney, pride and joy of Tejas, of the Estados, Estados Unidos. Um, I need to work on my Spanish. Uh, helped in their comeback win. And Sassuolo is, uh, is rounding out that top five. And then, of course, in the WSL, Man U is sitting top of the table. How refreshing. And then you also have Arsenal, Chelsea, City, and Everton following behind. But even more refreshing, guys, something you love to see is Alex Morgan scoring her first goal since joining the uh, Tottenham. Welcome to England, Alex, and welcome back into our lives. That rounds up footy headlines from around the world. Did I miss anything? I think that was... 
Yeah, I think that was it. You know, I heard some other uh, unfortunate soccer news today. Uh, Rose Lavelle getting injured. Now, I only saw a headline, so I'm not entirely sure if that's accurate or what's going on there. I don't know. Do you have any more info, Jonesy? We're we're doing an immediate search. Yeah. Looks like a knee injury, which you never like to see. Hmm. Uh, Just a, a knock of the knees. So nothing for sure yet. Just on crutches, precautionary at this point going to get more diagnosed and and we'll keep a look at during the week for where that where that nets out but hopefully rose is all right because she is one of our best and fast becoming the best honestly Mm -hmm. absolutely our u.s women's national team and playing internationally yeah we hope her speedy recovery hope nothing is uh super long lasting in that injury Nope, I hope she can heal much in the way like, uh, you know, like Wiley Coyote whenever he gets hit by something and he just bounces back because back up. all those Looney Tune characters. <gasps> We're looking to get a sponsorship deal by MNUFC and we'll say it like that every time for free if you yep. pay us separately. Yep. <laughs> so that's what we're going for. See if this makes a dent. We've been sending them an email every morning and night mm-hmm. to their public relations teams. Yep. The email just says, subject line, black and blue, yep. all caps, body of the email, yep. a video of us just chanting black and blue for right. 10 seconds. Right. And a link to our live stream of us doing. Say also the same thing. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so either it's going to work or they've blocked us at this point. I'm shocked they haven't gotten back to us yet. Damn. It's alarming. It's, it's a little insulting, but I would expect nothing less from the from the MPLS community. Wow. Don't even start. I didn't mean that. We love the MPLS community. We didn't mean that. Yeah. But the St. Paul part, mm, it's a little iffy. Oh, Jones. <laughs> <laughs> you ever disrespect the Twin Cities? <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're gonna look you're gonna look at me through this podcast all right right through this microphone you're gonna look at me dead dead through this microphone through these sound waves and you're gonna say that saint paul is like on par with minneapolis all right look jones you know deep down i don't i don't think that but i live in saint paul now so i have some respect for the town that i live in and all right mr bean look when your town the big thing that you boast is a big metal bean all right. Don't at me next time you want to talk <laughs> talk trash about a city, okay? All right. Hey, you little beanie baby. I'm looking at you, Jones. All right. For starters, it's called Cloudgate, all right, which sounds dope. It sounds like the, the fifth installment of a Mission Impossible series, all right? <laughs> Two, all right. Uh, it is not what I've hyped. I've never mentioned the bean. I see you brought it up out of nowhere today. All right. Three. Three, it is a delight, and you should totally see it next time you come down here. We'll, we'll take you. Let's get into our sponsor and thank them for everything that they've done for us and everything they mean to us. And we'll be back talking fitness and nutrition. Want to be a part of a gift exchange this holidays? Heard that these exist but don't have any friends to do them with? Us neither. That's why we want you to be a part of our Group gift, group gift exchange at Greg's Group Gift Exchange. I'm not actually Greg. I'm his business partner, Rick, but people call me Sebastian. The name of our business is Greg's Group Gift Exchange. Just had to get that out of the way really quick. 
What's the gift exchange, you ask? Choose a theme, like books, stuffed animals, dog treats, or whiskey. Then, <laughs> send one item to someone else on the gift exchange and receive anywhere from 30 to 1,000 in return. Don't even think about the math. Just do it. At the moment, it's just me, Rick, or Sebastian, and Greg on the listserv. But this is going to grow in no time. We just have a really good feeling about it. Sign up for our listserv today at gregsgroupgiftexchange.gov and get your gift by the end of 2021. Join us now. So I have I have so many questions. <laughs> I mean, I'll see I'll see if I can answer them. That's just the ad read I got sent. So I'll see if I can answer them. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start with I'm gonna start with question number one. All right. Um, <clears throat> so so are you are you Rick? Are you just you're just reading what I'm just reading what was sent to me. Okay, okay. So you're not. So I'm still Eli, one of the fellows. Okay, okay cool. Eli, and I'm just taking notes now. Okay, yeah, Eli. Not sure why. Is not Rick. I see. What are your thoughts on this? Uh, yeah, this I just want to know if I'm guaranteed to get dog treats. I think if you sign up for that gift exchange, then you do get dog treats. Oh, so I can sign up for the gifts I want and just get a thousand of those? Yeah, well, anywhere between thirty and a thousand. Okay. But you have to send you have to send one out into the world though to someone else on the gift exchange. Right, right. Okay. This seems like a no brainer. Pretty excited for it. Um do you have Sebastian's email? No. Okay. They didn't provide anything. Well, you can email them at their uh Greg's group gift exchange.gov at gmail.com. Email. So it's is email is it so it says email in their in no, their, it says Gmail in their says, email. In their email. That's like a normal email domain. Right. Gmail at email.com. No, 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 no. Greg's group gift exchange.gov at gmail.com. Sorry, can you go back to Greg? So after Greg. Greg's group, group gift exchange.gov gift at gmail.com. How are you spelling? Dot gov. Is that, <laughs> so is it, is it like, like a dot? Or is it dot dot? No, it's dot spelled out. Yeah, so dot. <laughs> Com. You couldn't have two periods in the email. Come no, on. it makes no. You're right. So you're it's right. Greg's Group Gift Exchange D O T G O V at gmail dot com. Oh, okay. Go right <laughs> at gmail. So as long as we sign up today, we have a good shot at getting our gift by the end of 2021. So yeah. So I th- I'm thinking of sending in a box of Peeps and hopefully getting an iPhone. That seems like a good return. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure that you missed the whole idea of the gift exchange. I see. I'm sorry to break Wait, it to you. What? I thought you're supposed to kind of use this to. It's, you're supposed to invest. No, changing like in, for like. Like if you send in peeps, you're going to get peeps. You don't send in a dog treat and get whiskey, you know? Oh my goodness. So it's not l- the literal exchange of gifts. That's how I'm understanding it. But what you're saying would be much more exciting as a business venture. Yeah. Peeps for profit. <laughs> Nailed it. So Done. if you're if you're listening, Greg's group gift exchange, and you want to pivot, we have some ideas for you. Otherwise, we're just here to read what you sent us, which is, sounds kind of confusing to us. We need to vet these things a little bit more. Yeah, we, we can't can, just we'll read anything in front of us. Right. I mean, they did pay us. I I just got the check last night. Wowzers! I mean, look, Dave's group's business. <laughs> Who's that's, Dave? That's no, no, no. That's the incor- That's like the incorporated. Oh, oh the shell company. That's the shell company. Is Dave's it. group? Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. I yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they. Um, it was a lot. I mean, we're talking about five hundred thousand. 
That's a peeps. A, what? That's uh, why <laughs> <laughs> we're waiting for the turn. <laughs> Flip that card over. Fake what do we got? Email accounts <laughs> so that we can buy into the fake email. <laughs> that actually might help us more than we think. We just don't know how yet. Yeah, they could all be bot. Dude, what? okay. So when you when you He's need to create, <laughs> okay, when you need to create an Instagram, you need to have an email address. <laughs> We have half we a have million. Right, let's figure this off, off, figure this out <laughs> off air, and then we'll just put it into action, put it into play, kind of thing. All right. Last question: How do you guys spell Sebastian? That's not. Why do you need that information? Is it Caribbean or Caribbean? <laughs> no, no, it's Sebastian. I see. Aluminium. <laughs> All right. Let's get into our main topic. All right. So for our main topic today, we're going to be talking about new fitness and nutrition. And really, this episode is going to be leading up to a subject matter expert in our next episode, who we are, who we are very excited to talk with. And yeah, we hope it's, uh, we're going to share our opinions today and then hear from the expert uh, next week. So we should preface, preface this, that we are by no means experts uh, and understand that there are people who devote years of studying uh, the effects of nutrition and fitness on the human body. Uh, what we're going to be doing today really is going to be uh, sharing some personal experience with uh, fitness and nutrition through our sports careers and looking at trends across you know professional sports and sharing our thoughts. So uh, surface level stuff here. Uh, so to hop into it, uh, right, the amount of time that we see professional athletes competing in season games amongst each other really pales in comparison to the amount of time they spend right, practicing, working out, tending to in- injuries, sharpening their skills eating, uh, taking care of their health. Um, and by no means is nutrition and fitness the only deciding factors in determining a, a professional athlete success, but it definitely does help them and allow them to play at a higher level for longer. As we see with many athletes, just to name a few, LeBron James, Cristiano Ronaldo, Messi, Serena Williams, Tiger Woods, Rafael Nadal. In your careers as, as young gents playing soccer, Nutrition and fitness was it was it a, ever a topic from the coaching standpoint? Um, you know, did did your teams ever ever do kind of group workouts uh, even in high school? I know in college definitely probably more so. There was definitely <clears throat> um, you know moments I think growing up uh, in in the academy or club systems in high school where uh, you definitely started to have a little more focus on your nutrition. Um, and, uh, it was kind of simultaneous with coaches also really trying to enforce a couple other off the field practices, um, like making sure that you got sleep, which I think you could probably say is one and the same with nutrition. Um, but also like, you know, um, in addition to nutrition, sleep, uh, watching soccer or playing it in some capacity, like online playing FIFA, finding ways to think about the game beyond actually just physically being out there. Um, so there was that, that formative period of my life where it started to come up. Um, and, um, you know, a lot of those, a lot of those early on lessons are things like stay away from sodas, uh, energy bars, um, things that don't really allow you as a growing young adolescent to process, um, proper nutrients. Um, so that I feel like was a big, big formative part of, of any nutrition beginning part for, for myself. And then later on we can get there. And that was something your high school coach was talking about, your club coach was talking about, or at what point were you hearing that? that? Um, great question. Uh, a little both. I, I think 
I think, you know, high school in the, it can it kind of is, um, related to whichever environment you're working in or playing in. Um, that is in high school, that team was, you know, relatively, uh, that is the high school, um, school proper team. That wasn't a super competitive environment <clears throat> for soccer, relatively speaking to other things going on in the state. And so there, you know, it was talked about in the same breath that you talked about nutrition in, you know, in the hallways or in classrooms and in, in, in sex ed or any other type of uh, physical wellness kind of um, environments. Whereas um, it was much more very soccer heavy oriented playing with the club team where you had guys who were all aspiring to play beyond um, the day to day. So that's where I, I feel like I was introduced to, to some of that content. Do you feel like you had a, uh, any, any type of noteworthy kind of remarks that may have triggered how you thought about nutrition in those early days? It was probably the same level as what you just mentioned of no sodas, no this, no this, as opposed to you should be eating this here and this then more, more details on the nutrition piece, which you got a lot more in, not even a club for me, but more in college at that level. And even if you were, when you were talking to colleges or going to these ID camps and things like that, I think when I was doing that, even whatever that was, seven years, six, seven years ago or so, a little beyond that, it had just become that much more of a thing. Yes, it wasn't the first time nutrition was talked about or studied, but it had finally become more mainstream where at every ID camp, they'd have someone come and speak to us about nutrition. Here's what you should be eating. Here's what you should be doing right, you know, while you're at this camp and beyond. And so I think from there, it's just grown and grown. And, you know, I see has some, some great examples written down here of how much it's being utilized at the top levels, these top professionals, which sadly are not us, but in our, our, experiences of high school soccer, club soccer, college soccer, I think it's very much present, which is great. And I think because players aren't necessarily there just focus on that, at least the levels we were playing at, it's not always followed, which, which you yeah. can see the, the results of. So curious to get your thoughts there. I see. Yeah, definitely. And just, just quickly with my experience with it at the definitely similar vein with Jones high school level was very minimally, it was very minimally talked about uh, nutrition and fitness, um, which was odd since we were very competitive and, you know, we would try and win state every year. Um, so that was iffy, you know, or at least questionable looking back at it, but at the club level for sure, you know, I think, I think a lot of you guys and other FOFs listening who play soccer or, or have played soccer can relate to this experience of, you know, you go to a tournament, you're out, you play a few games in the hot sun in the summer, and then you know, in between games, you got to grab lunch. Well, the whole team's got, you know, you want to go eat together. And really the one thing my coaches would say to me back in the day was, you know, don't eat fast food. Like if you go out to get lunch in between games, get something light. Don't, you know, fill yourself up with a cheeseburger, fries and whatnot, because it, it, it's not going to sit well for the next game, basically. Um, and you'll, you'll, you'll feel sluggish, sluggish and, and not perform as highly as you'd like to. So really that was like the very memorable nutrition aspect that I would get in soccer, you know, it can't coming at these tournaments. Um, but, but for me, no, I, I guess something that I I've lucked out with is for club or I've always been like, I always like pushing myself really hard. And so at the club level, when they make us do um, like special fitness groups would come in and like work with us on, 
on like some fitness techniques or like different ways to, to exercise. Um, it would always like super like excite me a whole bunch. And so I, I love that. And like learning the different ways to, to work out various muscles in your body, um, was cool. And plus I, I, I like to play, um, I was, a I played different sports throughout my high school career. So it helped, it helped me help prevent injuries for me. Cause I wasn't just playing soccer year round. Um, and it also like w- drinking water was never, was never enforced really on my soccer team or it wasn't made it wasn't a huge deal, but when I did cross country skiing, it was like, if you don't walk around with a water bottle every day in high school and drink like two or three full bottles, you're not doing it right. So, um, for all you fofs, it, uh, and folks in high school, it is nice to be, to play other sports throughout the year as well. And if you want to make the cross country skiing team, you best believe when icy rolls up on your high school, you better see you with a five gallon jug of water <laughs> and it better be empty yep. and you better be at the water fountain refilling it when he walks in. Stuff your, stuff your, what's that called? The, like the water belt? Yeah. What's, the, that? What's, what's that? The best? What? Like we, you'd bring it to like a, it has the little pouch and you have the little sip and it's, you take it. <laughs> no idea, man. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're talking. Camelback. There we go. Yeah. You stuff a, yeah. stuff a, stuff a Nalgene into your Camelback. Um, you can take those down. <laughs> so um, guys, what I've been thinking about when I think about nutrition and fitness, that's interesting is, you know, when I mentioned that list of people at the beginning of this topic session, LeBron James, Ronaldo, Messi, Serena Williams, you know, all these folks that I'm listing are in their thirties, approaching 40. So to me, it seems like we hear so much about these aging athletes and folk and refocusing, retooling their diets and nutrition or, you know, their nutrition and their fitness to be able to play and, and maintain this level uh, of professional athleticism. Now, do you think that young, like young athletes, like let's talk about rookies coming in or like your, your Gio Reynas who aren't even 20. Do you think they are focusing enough on their nutrition and fitness? Like, are they, I mean, I would like to think so, but do you think they're taking it as seriously as like a LeBron James who, if, you know, let's just say when you're, when you're that old, if you, if you don't do things the right way, man, you're the likelihood of getting injured or, or like your career is ending soon. So it's, it's a big deal to be on top of that. Do you think young players, professional athletes are, are doing the same? I think all professional athletes these days are taking it, I would say, are taking it serious. I would use that terminology. And I think it's partially because of all the tracking and analytics that's done these days where they know that's being monitored. They know it's important and they've been told how important it is these days since they were in these academies or in clubs or what we just talked about since they were 12, 14. They know how, what it means to work hard. They know what it means to eat right. They've been told this. they might even literally have a diet that's been prepared for them if they're living at some of these academies, very specific foods they're eating every day, you know, prepared for the team, for this meal, for that. So I think these, and not everyone has that situ- that situation outside of soccer, especially this is very rare uh, pieces I just spoke about, but I think in general, people understand what it is to work hard these days and what it is to be fit and even find personal trainers that are working on sports specific strength and flexibility. And it's just such on Instagram, on YouTube, there's so many options these days to find the right drills and know you need to work on that. I don't think everyone can do it or does it at the same level as literally the LeBron James, the Serena Williams of the world, where there is an elite echelon of 
players and talents partially because they were naturally that talented and partially because they worked that hard and continue to do so. Totally. Um, There's also, it seems like a vested interest in um, teams, clubs, ownership Mm -hmm. to um, have younger players uh, that they won just invest in straight up. Um, And that comes down to like a holistic investment. So practice time, coaching, games, ensuring that they are comfortable and also that they are healthy. So ensuring that a, I would imagine there's a team nutritionist who oversees how younger teams are being looked after. Um, and without a doubt, first team players have individual nutritionists they may work with, if not higher on their own. You could you could imagine LeBron, for example, certainly has his own. Um, so uh, wholeheartedly agree. And, and of course, comes down to what each club can afford. I think it would be really interesting to see um, to what extent nutritionists oversee, uh, a club's nutritionist oversee their players in, say, um, England, and how that varies between Premier League to, you know, League Three. And that spectrum ranges from do they have a nutritionist? Um, at the club and then two, to what extent are they um, implicated with any other teams in the organization? And then, and then overlaying that with other countries throughout the world, are there countries that don't take nutrition nearly as seriously? Mm -hmm. Um, What do MLS players, I'd be curious to know if academies are, are dealing with um, in the U S are dealing with straight up nutritionists or is it all word of mouth, just stuff that comes from coaches? Um, So, you know, how holistic, you know, I, I don't have those answers too. You know, um, but, but I do think back, um, I do, I do think of that. No, absolutely. No, it's great. Great takes from both of you. Um, just a couple, couple things that, that popped into my mind. One being right. I think we all, we, we all can ag- agree that nutrition is sort of this abstract, abstract in a way idea and that every, every player, every athlete is different. So having a nutritionist with certain ideas, isn't going to be as effective for every single player at the club or whatnot. So it's very, 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 uh, you know, human by human, player by player, athlete by athlete, uh, different variations of how nutrition is going to work and, and better that that athlete. But I do want to also add that, so, right, as you can imagine, the NBA, tons of resources, tons of money, teams have nutritionists, teams have it all. But LeBron James does spend... million of his own money on his body, uh, including uh, cryotherapy, personal chefs, trainers, you know, all that, all the, all that jazz. So I guess we talked about age. You guys had great takes. I think that when it comes to investing your own hard-earned dollars and not just assuming and and leaving it into the hands of the club and, and administration to, to help guide you. I would argue that young players do not spend, I don't have <laughs> empirical evidence. I'm just thinking out loud that young players do not spend their own money uh, on their bodies as much as older players. And I think that is detrimental to them and their careers. I think if they would think about it over a long term, you know, think about how much money LeBron James. All right. Sorry. Tangent going off on LeBron James because I have all these numbers on him. He has now made $428 million on salary alone over his career. It's a ton of money, right? 
and he he's really focused on his body his entire career. So I guess if players, he's a big name, one of the biggest in the world. So I hope that young players are seeing that and saying, well, I should really spend dollars to make sure that my body is my business and kind of kind of take that mentality uh, through their career. Um, sorry, I guess we're on a tangent. I also want to talk about body type and play style and how that can affect uh, an athlete's nutrition, fitness regimen. You would imagine um, a huge component of any diet comes down to metabolism or how much they energy they they expend. And you would think that players who run more, burn more, need to eat certain types of foods to sustain themselves, whereas those who don't, don't necessarily need the same types of foods. So um, in the sense that your center backs are bigger dudes who aren't covering I don't know, it's always in kilometers, but they're not running, you know, five miles a game or whatever relative to the, yeah. you know, speedy center mid workhorse, um, then yeah, you're, you're probably going to definitely have different, different diets there. Yeah, no, that's a great point, Jones. I, yeah, I totally agree. Um, absolutely. And, you know, and, and the fit on the fitness side of it, you know, maybe they're just doing different types of workouts. If you're running more, you got to make sure that your legs are nice and light and that you've got tons of stamina in them. If you're a defender, maybe you're focused a little bit more on your upper body to, to kind of get more aerial strength and, and kind of hold off forwards. Last thing I wanted to touch on, uh, play style. Play style is super interesting to me uh, because when you're comparing in the tennis world, like a Rafael Nadal, who's super aggressive, uh, but does deal with a lot of injuries because of that. And we've got Zion William Williamson in the NBA. I forget if it's Williams or Williamson. Um, and he's just a monster, like the most talked about rookie you know, coming in a couple of years ago and, yeah. uh, you know, hurt his knee, uh, cause he's really aggressive, but he's just really athletic. And how, how does play style affect these players, professional athletes going into their nutrition and fitness regimens? You know, the more aggressive players like Zion just run into more injuries. And so maybe it takes more prevention. And that's something LeBron realized who plays very aggressively. And I don't know if the, if there's a good comparison you have in mind for the the soccer world as to some of those more aggressive players, either pressing on the pitch or making more darting runs, more darting movements with the ball at their feet and whether they're more injury prone. Yeah, I, I guess, you know, the, the big, the two big giants in, in the soccer world, Ronaldo, Messi, their play style, their play styles are so different, right? I think we got Messi as more of the, the creator, shifty, shifty, uh, just playmaker in the middle of the field. He's the one slotting in those, those passes, those through balls, diming his teammates, uh, and also scoring some some nice goals, obviously. But Ronaldo is more of send it to me down the wing. I'm going to sprint, or let me just shimmy these guys off the ball in the box and get a nice get on the end of a header. Um, kind of more contact. He's definitely a more contact player. Ronaldo does spend a lot of money, and he he does have this like crazy work ethic, um, which you know is good for him. It it totally fits his his persona and his play style. And looking at their injury histories would be a good way to to bring it in, obviously, and, and take a look at, you know, it doesn't make a difference your play style if you're aggressive or your training or all that kind of stuff. And and when it comes to fitness, I think personal experiences, that's probably the piece where there was the biggest gap between high school, club, college, professional, obviously, but we just didn't have the right fitness in high school. No one's telling you what to do, telling you how to train right you know, exactly what types of drills to work on your body. So I think even more than nutrition, there's probably a bigger gap that people can keep working on and we can bring information towards like in our interview next week, which you should definitely tune into. 
If you made it this far, we appreciate you listening. As always, the Fofs, you are what make this all more exciting for us and make bring bringing guests on that much more exciting because we're asking questions that we're interested about and we're hoping you're interested about when it comes to nutrition and fitness. So until next week, stay safe, hydrate, work on that five-gallon bottle of water in case icy breaks into your, into your house Kool-Aid, Kool-Aid man style. Oh, yeah. Black and blue. Black and blue. Go loons. Monday evening. Monday night. Monday night. You better be watching them loons. You better be rooting for them Looney Tunes. I wish that the Kool-Aid man was also a loons fan. (laughs) Just not not as well-known fact, but he sometimes shouts that when he breaks down a wall. Loons, actually, they they tend to congregate around pools of Kool-Aid. And so they stay on the brim of his head. Yeah, the loons, the bird. Yeah, absolutely. And players, and they'll dip in, and they'll sample. In, sample. The Tell me this: is his blood all right? Is his, oh, is, 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 the, is the is the Kool Aid? Is that his blood, or is that? Yo, you can't think too much about oh. this cartoon. <laughs> Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Love you. See you next week. that's where we differ i see because i feel like i usually end up listening to the lo-fi version of the spongebob squarepants theme song (laughs) (laughs) on repeat (laughs) full blast that's how he goes to sleep no you just yeah you just haven't heard the full song i don't need to go on repeat because the original version is like an hour